dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creeds. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created each other. Timeouts. Adams gives it back to Russ. Deep shot. Get it! What a perfect ending to a historic day! Yes, welcome, 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 welcome to a special wild card review, national championship review episode of Addressing the Nation. I'm your host, Gabriel Newland. Let's go. No intro music today. Just a real just a real quick podcast. Just want to talk about some football, you know. Felt bad about last week leaving y'all high and dry, so thought I'd come back with one on Monday, and I will be back again on Friday for our regularly scheduled program. Alright, so first off I just wanted to talk about the wild card weekend. What happened, my thoughts. I'll preview the next week, the divisional round on Friday. So I'm just going to be talking about the games that were played. I'll go through them all. And let's start off with Indianapolis and Houston. First game, usually the most boring game of the week. Everybody everybody always talks about the early Saturday game on Wild Card Weekend as the worst one and it lived up to its uh it lived up to its allure. <laughs> it was a blowout. 21 all 21-0 most of the game until the fourth quarter when Houston tried to make a little run at the end, but Listen, Andrew Luck is an elite quarterback. We need to put respect on his name. That offensive line is for real. The defense is solid. Pretty good. And damn it, Andrew Luck, man. He just had a field day in the first half. They really took their foots off the pedal in the second half, but that's fine, you know, up 21-0. Houston couldn't move the ball to begin with, so I get it. I understand. Luck played a good game, though. 19-32, 19-32, 222 yards. Deshaun, 29-49, 235 for a touchdown and an interception. Marlon Mack is for real, I gotta say. On Indianapolis, he ran the ball. 24 carries, 148 yards, 6.2 average. That'll get it done. <laughs> and they play uh, Kansas City this upcoming weekend. And we'll get into that, like I said, on Friday. And the future of Houston... I am curious to see what goes on. Bill O'Brien, not a good coach. I think we can establish that. And people want to give him a pass because they've consistently made the playoffs, but you kind of have to look at how talented the team is and not really give him props for his coaching because, man, he can't coach. He cannot coach. And you can make the excuse for the offense that they had their two of their top three receivers down. Obviously, Kent or Will Fuller. Earlier in the season against the Dolphins, actually. Tours ACL. And then last week, I think, or two weeks ago, Demarius Thomas, who they just traded for to replace Will Fuller, tore his Achilles and is now, is now out for the season. So it was DeAndre Hopkins or bust, and DeAndre Hopkins was banged up, so they didn't have anybody. Lamar Miller couldn't do much. Just an all-around strange game. I'd say it, it just 
It was the right. It was the right game to put as the Saturday early game for Wild Card Weekend. Not much else to say. I'm excited for this week's game against Kansas City with the Colts. Like I said, talk about that on Friday. Next, Seattle Dallas. The Saturday night game for Wild Card Weekend. It was an ugly, ugly game. We can we can just say that ugly game. I. I I just feel like Seattle got exposed. That they're still a good team. Don't get them wrong. Like they they played well, but the offense could not move. They they were the number one rushing attack in the NFL this year, and they did not live up to the hype for that. Dallas just made a concerted effort the whole game. They were not going to let Seattle run on them, and that's exactly what happened. Seattle could barely run. The only time the offense ever got flowing was when one big Russell Wilson throw would happen. And then they would run the read option with Russell going into the end zone. That was it. That was their highlights for the day. Dallas's offense really didn't look too great either. And I think you can just credit that to both defenses really playing great. And I think in the end, Dallas just wore out the Seahawks defense. And that's when they were able to really pile on the points in the end. Seattle made it close with a touchdown with about a minute left, but it was it wasn't it was really a uh, it was really a two a two score game at the end. You can you can look at the final score twenty four twenty two and say oh Seattle they made it they made a good game out of it. No, they didn't. They didn't look good. It was strange. The field goal kicker Sebastian Janikowski got hurt at the end of the first half. Some with his hamstring, so they had to go with their punter as their designated kicker, but they really didn't ever try to kick a field goal. They just went for two every time they scored a touchdown, and they went for four they went for it on fourth every time they were in field goal range because I just don't think they trusted their punter to be a kicker. Even though he's a great punter, he just can't kick. Which is strange, but hey, to each his own, and that lost him the game. They scored the touchdown to be down by two, converted the two-point conversion, actually, so all they would have needed is a field goal if they could have recovered the onside kick, but, man, that was the worst onside kick I've ever seen. I'm not sure that was how it was planned, but I think that Dixon, the punter, got so much of the ball that that's just what ended up happening, is that he kicked it 20 yards down the field, easily recovered by the Cowboys, and that was it. That's all she wrote. Man, I, I, I can't explain it. I think it was just an error. I think it was just a mistake. And I, I think I'm confident in saying that Dallas was the better team. The better team won that game. Dak Prescott played pretty damn good, I'd say. He had some big plays in the end to really seal the game for him. That big third down run he had to get to the one-yard line really kind of sealed the deal for them. So, shout out to them. They play the Rams in Los Angeles this Saturday, I think. That should be a good game. I, I'll i just say right now that I think it'll be a Dallas home away from home game. I don't think there's going to be many Rams fans there, and we all know the Cowboys. They got fans everywhere, so that that's an interesting dynamic that we'll have to look for is uh, – what the crowd really is like if if we're going to get a lot of Rams fans or if it's just going to be all Cowboys. And I would not be surprised if we get 90% Cowboys fans in the Coliseum. We'll have to see. Interesting for that. Now, the really, the two most interesting games 
were on Sunday, which is a shocker to me. I would have thought that the Seattle-Dallas would have been really the top game of the week weekend, but no, it, it was just uh, it was just there. It was a defensive game. It really that really did that had a lot to be desired that it left on the table, but that's fine. Chargers at Baltimore. Now, this wasn't a good game. When I say the good games were on Sunday, I'm basically just talking about Philadelphia-Chicago, which we'll talk about last, but Chargers-Ravens was basically a blowout. The final score was 23-17, but I'm not... <laughs> if you just look at the final score and you look at the yards and all that stuff, you'll just be like, oh, that must have been a good game. No, it was a blowout. The Chargers just dominated. Lamar Jackson stunk it up all through the first three quarters and most of the fourth quarter until the very end. Then he, then he started getting it going when it was really over. And he, they still had a chance to win on the final possession, but the Chargers D-line just came in, made a great play on the ball, fumble, recovered, and that was all she wrote. But man, that Chargers team is good, and they're going into New England. And if I'm New England, I'm scared. Because what do you got? You got a 41-year-old Tom Brady who's already showing his age this year. I, I do like some of their skill positions. I like James White. I like uh, Sony Michelle. Gronkowski's just a shell of himself, so I don't know about him. I think uh, Julian Edelman's kind of hitting the end of, end of the road now. Josh Gordon, obviously we know about that situation. He... Had a relapse, it seems like, so he had to leave the team, and he might be done. That that might be his career right there. Prayers to Josh Gordon, but they don't have much. Chris Hogan, I think he's a solid receiver, but can you really win a game with Tom Brady, Sony Michelle, and James White? I don't think so. Their defense has shown time and time again to be not good. And L.A., man. Phillip Rivers is a man on a mission right now. The Chargers, I have a bet. I got some good odds. I think I got plus 2,700 on the Chargers-Rams Super Bowl. Not feeling too good about the Rams making the Super Bowl, but the Chargers, that's sure as hell feasible. I mean, man. I'm just stunned how about how they were able to really shut down the Rams and daring them to pass. They were saying, no, we're not going to let you run the ball because we know that's what you want to do. Beat us with the pass. And the, Lamar Jackson just couldn't do it. And there was talks about them benching Lamar Jackson for Joe Flacco. That would have just been awful. I'm glad they didn't do that. It was just a stupid idea in the beginning. You need to keep Lamar in and work these things out, which he did in the end. He, he started to play good in the end. Credit to him. They scored twice and they got it they got the ball back but the Chargers defense just made a great play simple as that not much else you can do so the Chargers go into New England and we'll preview this game on Friday along with all the others look out look out for Phillip Rivers in that game he might be making a statement here he's 0-7 versus Tom Brady 0-2 in the playoffs I've had this thing going where I feel like it's hard to beat a team three times if you're in the same division or twice if you're in the same or if you're not in the same if you're not in the same division in the same year. I think I think that's coming true. Seattle beat Dallas earlier in the year. They ended up losing. 
I can't really say much about the Houston-Indianapolis game because they split the season series one and one. But Baltimore just went into L.A. a few weeks ago and beat the Chargers. Then the Chargers go into Baltimore and beat them. Philadelphia-Chicago didn't play this year. I'm saving that for last. Don't worry. But I, I really do think there's something to the fact that if you beat somebody once in the regular season, that doesn't mean you're automatically set up to beat them again in the playoffs. It's just a whole different animal. And we have L.A., Dallas, they haven't played this year. L.A., New England hasn't played this year. But Philadelphia, New Orleans has. There's, Philadelphia is a different team. And let's just get into it right now, man. Philadelphia, Chicago. What a game. What a finish. Nick Foles is a top-tier elite quarterback. Sorry. It's, he's had such a strange career where he had this great start. Michael Vick gets hurt back in 2013. Nick Foles comes in, goes 27-2 and with his touchdown-interception ratio. Gets them to the playoffs. They lose to New Orleans, coincidentally, but Nick Foles played a great game. Then he kind of just falls into the shadows, becomes a bench player, goes around the league, Dallas... Kansas City. Then he ends up back in Philly somehow. Carson Wentz gets hurt. Then we know the rest of the story. He beats Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz comes back, takes back over the starting job, gets hurt again with the season on the line. They win three straight games with Nick Foles at the helm. Then they go into Chicago against the best defense in the NFL in Chicago. And they beat him with Nick Foles behind the helm again. And I'm sorry, but the resume of Nick Foles is being filled more and more every week. He's elite. That's all, that's all we can say. Nick Foles is an elite quarterback. That's a hot take. I know I'll get killed for this one. But I'm confident in saying Nick Foles is an elite quarterback and should be paid like one this offseason. Now, that's a big decision. That the Philadelphia front office will have to make between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. That is something to look for, look out for, definitely. I, whew, that's, that's a tough one. Good luck with that, Philadelphia. That's a real quarterback controversy. We thought we had one last year, but it seems like Carson was still their guy. But let's just say if Philadelphia goes into New Orleans and beats them this week and gets the Eagles to a championship game again. Man, oh man. Man, oh man, would that be something crazy. So back to the game at hand. Philadelphia comes into Chicago. Defensive battle, really the whole way until the end. It was 6-3 at half. There was a there was a strange play right before halftime where, the I can't remember, I think it was Anthony Miller on Chicago. The receiver caught the ball. Then the DB, which I can't remember his name. I'm blanking. Craven LeBlanc strips the ball. It's ruled incomplete, but upon further review, Anthony Miller had the possession of the ball, took three steps, and then LeBlanc forced the ball out. And because it was ruled incomplete, nobody went for the ball. So they went to review it. They ruled it a catch, but because there was no clear recovery by either side, they had to stick with the original call on the field of an incomplete pass, which was strange, but I like that rule because what do you do in that situation? You you give 
Chicago the first down, but it was a fumble and they didn't recover. But you can't give Philadelphia the ball because they didn't recover it either, even though it was a fumble. So I like the I like the call of just leaving it as incomplete. But that was strange. Something I've never seen before where where they rule it a fumble, but nobody recovers it because it was originally ruled incomplete. So that that gave that gave Chicago a chance to come back and score a field goal on that same drive right before halftime ends. Philly comes out in the third quarter, scores a touchdown. Nothing happens until the fourth. Chicago scores. They go up fifteen to nine, or excuse me, fifteen to ten. And then boom, Nick Foles comes down right on schedule. And I thought it was terrible clock management at first by Doug Peterson, the coach of the Eagles, because he calls a timeout on fourth down with a minute remaining. And hypothetically, if Chicago gets the stop, you still have all three timeouts. You stop them, they punt the ball back, and you got another shot. But he calls a timeout on fourth down, basically conceding that this is the final play of the game. But that doesn't matter. Nick Foles gets Golden Tate on an out route, a little bump and run. And Golden Tate just goes out and makes a great play. But it was a great throw because he had a defender in his face. He had to side arm it like a shortstop playing baseball. And it was a touchdown. And at that moment, it's like, okay, what what else do we need to see from Nick Foles? This guy is obviously a starting quarterback in this league. He can't be a bench bench guy anymore. He should be starting week one of the 2019 season. I don't know if it's going to be with Philadelphia, but man. And then we go back to Chicago getting the ball. A great return by Tariq Cohen. Gets it out to the 40-yard line. Mitchell Trubisky makes a nice throw to Allen Robinson for 20 yards. Gets them in field goal range. With about three seconds left. Cody Parkey, former Miami Dolphin kicker. Who missed an extra, or excuse me, missed a field goal to win the game in overtime at Miami this year with Chicago. Goes up, kicks the ball, makes it, but Doug Peterson calls a timeout. So they go back to re-kick it, and it hits the upright, and then it hits the crossbar. And usually when it does that, it'll bounce in to make it a good field goal, even though it bounces off the upright and the crossbar. But no, this one bounced out. Back into the field of play. And that was it. Game over. And, you know, Cody Parkey gets booed off the field by angry Chicago fans. Understandably, but I still think it's a little classless to do that. We we come to find out that the kick was blocked. It wasn't even Cody Parkey's fault. The kick was tipped by some guy named Trevion Hester out of Toledo. A seventh round pick. Was on the Raiders last year. Gets cut. Promoted from the Eagles practice squad. And he just makes this play where it's not a clear block to the naked eye. But when you go back and look at the replay. You can see his finger go back when the ball goes over the line. And that's the ball game. Simple as that. And here we go again. Nick Foles in the playoffs. Can he do it again? Man, I am excited because, like I said, I believe it's really hard to beat a team twice in the same year if you've already played them once and they're not in your division, or three times in the same year if you have played them, setting up if the Eagles and the Cowboys meet in the NFC Championship game. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. We're just going to play the hypothetical game really quickly. 
Eagles win, Cowboys win. They meet in the NFC Championship game. The Cowboys swept the Eagles in the regular season, but that's with Carson Wentz at quarterback. Nick Foles is a whole different animal, as he's proven already. Nick Foles gets the Eagles to the Super Bowl again this year. What the hell are we going to do with Nick Foles? He's got to be top 10 quarterback if he does it this year. I I don't want to get ahead of myself, but just incredible to think. If he can do this, if he can pull this off, we I, I don't know what to say because it's not like he's ever been bad. He just, he'll get opportunities, he'll make the most of them, but then somehow he gets relegated back to the bench. Wins the Super Bowl, but it's still Carson Wentz's team. That can't be the case this year. If the Eagles do this again, hypothetically, they win the Super Bowl. We have to have a long talk. And I, I'm saying we like I'm an Eagles fan or I'm a part of the organization, but I'm just talking about a collective sports fans. We have to have a talk about Nick Foles being a top 10 quarterback in the league and deserving max dollars for what he can do. He doesn't have the biggest arm. He doesn't have all the intangibles. But he just wins, man. I mean, it's incredible what he does. He just wins. He makes plays. And is, that's all that really matters anymore, right? He just makes plays. So shout out to Nick Foles. What a wild card weekend. What a game to end wild card weekend. I am so excited for the divisional round. I'm glad I was able to do this episode makeup for last week. And really quickly, I just want to say one thing. I'm recording Monday night. The national championship game just ended. Clemson just put a spanking on Alabama. 44-16. Wow. I didn't think Clemson had a shot. They had a, they have a freshman quarterback, 19 years old. Same class as me. Here I am doing my little old podcast, and he just won the national championship game against Alabama. Texting my boy Zeke like, what the hell? He's we're in the same class too. What the hell? I couldn't do that. Just incredible to think that somebody 19 years old can go out on the biggest stage, the national championship game, and whoop up on Alabama like that. Put 44 on a defense that's always number one in the country. Incredible. Shout out to Clemson, man. They just won their second national championship game in three years. That's impressive, man. That's really impressive. Clemson, we got to start talking about them as a dynasty. I'm not the biggest college football fan or insider. I don't I don't follow it as much, but Clemson, man, that's impressive. To go from Deshaun Watson to Kelly Bryant just struggling last year. Kelly Bryant starts as the starting quarterback this year. After three games, they bring in Trevor Lawrence. Kelly Bryant transfers to Mizzou. But that doesn't matter because Trevor Lawrence leads them to the promised land. Going 15-0. Undefeated season. Just impressive. I didn't think Clemson had a shot in hell. A snowball's chance in hell. They did it. Congratulations to Clemson. 2019 champions of college football. And that'll do it for me, guys. I appreciate you listening to this special episode of Addressing the Nation, number 12. I appreciate all the support I've gotten. I love you guys so much. I didn't give you an intro song, 
but I will give you an outro. So here's what I consider to be a classic. Some old, I like to call these OBGs, old but gold. This is Yoshi City by Young Lean. See you guys on Friday. Love y'all. Peace.